commencing operation imagination listeners of the show close your optics imagine yourself relaxing enjoying your favorite podcast and having a good time open your optics this is not that now that your standards have been set high it will be much easier to surprise you with that out of the way let us continue the show Welcome to the podcast where we are t- currently, currently recapping the events of Transformers IDW 2005 Continuity. I'm Onyx Prime with my two co-hosts here. Hi, I'm Computron. Hi, I'm Kilobyte. Moving on with our comic discussion for today's episode takes us to IDW More Than Meets the Eye Volume 8. And as always, spoiler warning. So if you <laughs> haven't read it already, we highly recommend you go and read it then come back and listen to podcast now onwards both computron and myself had read this series already but this is kilobyte's first time and we are excited let me tell you we are excited to hear his thoughts especially about today's comic and the series <laughs> it's be a good time but first we got to get back to that drill computron do you mind telling us some fun facts about this comic yep so there are a total of six comics in this volume uh, issue 39 was released April 8th, 2015, and issue 44 came out September 2nd, 2015. The writer was James Roberts. Artist was Hayato Sakamoto, Brennan Cowhill, and Alex Milne, with colors by Joanna Lafuente and inks by Alex Milne and Brian Scherer. All right, so for some trivia. In issue 39, originally Helix was to move Blip's brain module out of his mouth and back into his head with his own mouth, in a sort of grotesque kiss. Uh, this was deemed a bit much and changed him to just uh, moving the brain module using his fingers. But Helix can still be seen splitting out cranial fluid in the following panel of the finished comic and is later chastised by Nickel when she finds traces of it in his mouth. That's very graphic. Um, <laughs> a warning, a graphic warning. It's too late now. It's too late. It's too late. Oh, we failed again. <laughs> too late. Okay, so issue 42, a deleted scene for this issue would have had Minimus Ambus perform what could only be described as a strip tease using the Magnus armor uh, to the BGs staying alive. What? What? Wow. <laughs> what? Magnus? <laughs> <laughs> Tragically, the scene was cut because it would be completely out of character for Minosambus. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no no mood setting here. Gosh. Oh, it gets so much better. Uh, in issue 43, the title of the issue, the one where they go to Earth, air quotes around that one, uh, <laughs> uses the same naming scheme as the TV show Friends where nearly every episode was the one in which something happened. Uh, the apartment Cyclonus' team used as a home base is also the main Friends set, uh, recreated with uh, some stunning accuracy by Milne. While the street name, street name and numbers 495 Grove Street 
is taken from the show. The apartment number is not. When last we saw it, Skid's avatar resembled the 11th incarnation of the Doctor uh, from Doctor Who. Uh, in this issue, it's based on the 9th. thought I saw that one before. <laughs> I haven't seen Doctor Who. Oh, man. Oh, man. That is my favorite. Uh, and each of Swerve's three personalities is a reference to a famous sitcom character in name and occupation, though not physical appearance. Ted, the priest, is Father Ted Crilly from Father Ted. Sheldon, the scientist, a bit of a push, but the comic uh, lampshades it. As Sheldon corrects Blue Streak's claim that he is a scientist with a kind of. Uh, is Sheldon Cooper from uh, Big Bang Theory. Uh, Jerry... The stand-up comedian is Jerry Seinfeld from Seinfeld. Rather than the Benedict Cumberbatch you may be expected, Nightbeat's avatar is based on Idris Elba's eponymous detective in Luther. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I knew it looked like it. I knew it looked like him for a second. I was like, I was staring at it for a little bit, and I was like, dude, that's that's Idris Elba. I knew. <laughs> uh, there are so many references in this comic that we'd be here all night. So instead, we're just going to move on to last issue. Uh, <laughs> lastly, in issue 44, during Nightbeat's conversation with Sense here, he reveals that he tracks the lives and deaths of Cybertronians. Yet there is a statue of Wimblade, who is a Camion. This suggests that either the Necrobot follows the lives and deaths of the Transformers of the Colony worlds as well as Cybertron, or he made an exception for Windblade when, when she adopted Cybertron as her new home. But James Roberts later confirmed the latter theory on Twitter. Nice. Cool. So, <laughs> with all that done and said, Mr. Kilobyte, do you mind giving us a short summary of these comics? Will do. And again, More Than Meets the Eye covers multiple stories, so there's going to be multiple summaries. So we're starting off with a weary Tarn finds himself granted new life when the Decepticon Justice Division discovers that Megatron has abandoned the cause. Oh boy. A hearing is convened to decide Brainstorm's punishment, which inspires Ratchet to venture off on a mission of his own, but not before he says his farewells properly. Very, very sweet. The crew of the Lost Light is invited to the pre-wake of the soon-to-be-deceased Thunderclash. Oh, no. But Nightbeat and Getaway soon learn there is quite literally more than meets the eye going on aboard the Viz Vitalis. A dying swerve's mind retreats to a hollow matter replica of Earth, constructed out of sitcom tropes, and his friends must transmit their own avatars down to the planet in order to find him and save his life. Following the trail of Agents 113's bullet, there's the number again, the Lost Lighters make their way to the Necrobot's base of operations, where both Rewind and Chrome Dome's relationship and Nightbeat's hope in the existence of a greater power are tested. And in this week's episode, we're giving a shout out to uh, Kubusa, uh, who made our wonderful banner with all three of us in Swerve's Bar. Thank you so, so much. You can follow them on Twitter at KusakiChan15. Go give them a, a follow. They are awesome. Beautiful art. And as always, this information has been taken from the wiki. Fantastic. Are we ready to get started? I am ready. Yep. This is going to be fun. Yeah, because we start off uh, very graphic. Uh, so <laughs> warning ahead again. Uh, it's a little late again. But we start off with the DJD executing blip. 
you know, the guy from way, way back that used to call himself a spark eater. I don't think that's what he had in mind when we read this comic, though, because his brain module is in his own mouth. It's very disturbing. And it's the first time we see Nickel. I I like Nickel. I like that uh, even though these the members of the Decepticon Justice Division, you know, are tough and they eliminate anybody on their list. But once Nickel shows up, they just pay attention to her and and she puts them on their place if they you know, are not following their proper etiquette or taking care of themselves. And I really enjoyed that. It gave me a laugh. <laughs> Computron, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I wanted to point out the interaction between uh, Tarn and Blip in the sense of, like, he was talking about Blip's religion. And he says any religion is subject to, like, an uprising or, uh, I'm sorry, like, a coup, essentially. And Blip's like, yeah, except for this is a religion of one. It's my religion. And he's like, well, it doesn't matter. Your ideas will always go away. And then, like, right before he kills him or something, like, he's like, I'm going to give you a chance to renounce your religion or whatever. Yeah, that was nice. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, the entire time this argument's going on, Blip's brain module's just, like, dangling in his head. Yeah, that must have really hurt. Yeah. is, Is this the same Blip that one said that they were a spark eater that ultra madness yeah. yep i think i pointed that out yes that's this oh. is the same blip yep because they look a little he... different yeah okay 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 because yeah. i thought we met him before but then he looked very different yeah okay yes i i agree there's a point where blip asks tarn to take off his mask who do you think is tarn kilo who do I think is Tarn? Ah, that's tough. I thought they were going to show me the face. Not that I could recognize, probably, but I have no idea. I do like that he says that the reason why he has the mask is so that nobody notices when he closes his eyes. So I don't know if he just, he, he like kills because of his job and it's, you know, part of what makes him the Decepticon Justice Division. And but he doesn't really like it or if it's just like sometimes it might be too much i don't know it's just interesting i want to learn more about tarn because it's very hard to have theories when his alt mode and his body shape is very different so it could have been modified and Mm -hmm. it could be somebody we've already seen but since it's been modified there's a, a face mask and everything it's just very hard to tell at the moment yeah if that's the case i agree (laughs) <laughs> what is our thoughts on learning more about the interaction of the DJG and the other Lost Light? You know, the one where everyone died. And then eventually, what is our thoughts when Tarn learns about Megatron? I think before we get into that, I need every single one of you to fill out your personal uh, <laughs> what's it? personal development plans. <laughs> we uh, the, the the future of this podcast is at the rest or is that is held at the power of the internal administration are you taking oh. over is what i'm hearing no, I'm talking I about the comic. Give, yeah i'll give you i'll give you the reins <laughs> give you the reins here you go come on you can start filling out the the taxes and, and shenanigans. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I'm just wanting your personal development plan. Like, how do you plan on being better? Oh. Mm, let's see. Uh, can I get back to you on that? <laughs> yeah, I have to be on the spot. A, a sick leave? Yeah. So, uh, 
Uh, one of the things that I loved about this was like the interactions was Tarn after every time they go and check somebody off the list, they have each and every single member of the DJDs fill out personal development plans. And then, uh, like one of my favorite scenes is just Tarn sitting there giving Helix the ice cream sandwich. <laughs> that was kind of sweet. <laughs> like Helix was very scared. Uh, when, he yeah. wanted, when Tarn wanted to talk, and I'm like, wow, they're they're even scared of their boss. So it's I feel like there's there's like they're a team, but there's still no, no trust in that unit. So it's kind of kind of interesting. And I have a question behind Helix in that panel. There seems to be Tarn stars, or is just or are those just extra masks? Kind of like the rod stars that Rodimus gives out. Which which page are you talking about? Uh, right now I'm at twelve. Uh, Helix is sitting, and then in the background you see some like torn masks, but they look like they could be rod stars. <laughs> that is an excellent question. They look like they could go either way, right? Yeah, so they could be extra mask, or it could just be like, here, have a torn star. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be hilarious, actually. Looks like we got to change our rating system. Yeah, I do not know the answers to that. Maybe we can get a hold of the human James Robert and he could uh, answer that. Okay, we'll we'll bother him uh, on Twitter until we get our answers. Listeners, listeners, if we find out, we'll let you know. Yes. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) Hello, what were your thoughts when Tarn found out about Megatron quitting the Decepticons and becoming an Autobot? Uh, I found it very... Not necessarily super interesting because Tarn is very for the cause, right? He's a, I don't know if patriot is the correct word, but uh, like him, you know, injecting all that energon, like boost the energon that they've they've been mining and processing. Yeah, uh, to I'm assuming he was trying to put himself offline through the means of you know getting all that energon into his body that that's not really regulated. Uh, I I could see him doing that since he's such a for the cause and since there's no more cause, he feels like there's no more place for him. But uh, when he gets the revelation that there's more and that there's uh, more that he could do, I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting because now he's out to get Megatron. And I'm like, if they fight, this is going to be very, very, very good fight because we've seen Megatron or at least Chrome Dome put Megatron in Overlord's a brain module and had had them fight so if if that actually happened and megatron defeated overlord every single time i wonder how it's going to be with tarn because they, they should be both face sixers so they this is going to be a very powerful like clash of the titans kind of thing yeah it's interesting yeah I, uh, so i like that the first thing that tarn does is adam and megatron like straight to the top of the list yes Yes. So much so that like he decides that he wants to join forces with Deathosaurus. And what I appreciate about Deathosaurus and other groups of Decepticons is they all hate the DJD. And it's a it's either like through fear or through the way they do things, they dislike them. But Deathosaurus, when Tarn first shows up, thinks that it's because he is on the list, because he he's decided to make his own group of Decepticons. And decide to try to kill Tarn. But because Tarn is both a one percenter and a phase sixer with the most terrifying abilities, he's not really left a choice and decides to join them. What are our thoughts on that? I thought it was a cool um, 
interaction because Desasaur is, is kind of like testing Tarn at the same time as Tarn is kind of like getting him to join him and trying to convince him that he's not there to put him offline. And I like I really like the banter between each other. That was very fun. Yeah. I really like the integrity check that Deathasaurus did on Tarn in the Absolutely. sense that, yeah, like, so in the sense of what Deathasaurus said, like, I'll join you in your new uh, campaign or your, you know, your new war. But before I do that, you have to kill the rest of your team. And Tarn said, no, absolutely not. And Death Service is like, all right, yeah, I'll join you. I needed to, <laughs> I needed to check your integrity to see if you're a man who loves his followers or whatever. It's like, okay, duh. Right. Yeah, no, that, that was good. It's a good commander. He's, yep. he's, he's one that would be the most understandable of things he's not like ruthless if that makes sense yeah well then he's a man that leads not a man that commands kind of thing i don't know yeah yeah i see what you mean yeah so yeah. moving along wait before we move one quick so not thing. moving along just one quick thing i just noticed it there's uh i think it's thesasaurus's ship looks kind of like the rod pod it kind of does isn't it? yeah is this is this tarn like an evil version of rodimus Kind of thing is that, is that what's it, happening it's not here? necessarily a rod pod he said it was like his uh war planet or something like yeah, it just kind of has the kind of the same shape and kind of like eyes yeah, it's war world and and like that's just if you think of it like i thought what i got from it was is it was kind of like a gladiator world mm. but it wasn't okay hey, well moving along moving along so we're gonna jump to the next issue which takes us back where we first left off um, but there's some loose ends that we got to tie up before we continue forward. And that is Ratchet, the story of Ratchet. And this is kind of like uh, his like resignation. He's checking the last few things off before he leaves. What are your thoughts on all that? Where he talks with everybody, talks with Ten, does the checkups. Uh, I, I thought it was very well put together and like i couldn't i really didn't understand what was going on because like first aid says i think you am i thinking what you think uh, i think what you, you think you're doing or something like that i just got it all mixed up but he kind of says like are you doing what i think you're doing and and like all the conversations like he was trying to help everybody to get back on on good levels with everybody else and kind of like uh not have them burn bridges between their friendships. Uh, and yeah. so I was like, oh, this is very sweet, very cool, especially with the whole 10 situation where 10 is kind of like a fan of everybody. Uh, of, yeah, well, not everybody, sweet. but the, the 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 main crew of the Lost Light. Yeah. He's a fan of all of them. He made little toys and all that. That was very cool. Uh, yes, yes, that mural on the wall. That's beautiful. Uh, I do like that his favorite is uh, Minimus Ambus. <laughs> yes. So I, I, I really like their... Their little entrance to Swerve, or Swerve like tells Ten that, hey, that seat is reserved for customers. You shouldn't sit there. And Ambus is like, he's here with me, and he's my friend. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And like, this is I think the first time Ambus has been like walking around without his armor because he feels like he can be himself. Uh, before that, he was using the the armor because he feels like you know they won't treat him with respect if he didn't wear it. So like, feel this this was like a transition for him to finally just accept and move on and he still uses it but here this time it was just kind of like 
I've I've come to terms and I can still be me in with or without the armor. So that was it was a very good issue. It was very sweet. Very touching. Computron. Any thoughts on that matter? Yeah, I love that Ratchet was probably like the most empathetic uh, character that we probably came across. And to me, it was interesting because even he knew, and it was just because of empathy that uh, he knew how to like fix Rung's problem and Rung's the psychologist. <laughs> and the yes. thing was, was yeah, uh, the thing was, is Rung was alone, right? And, you know, all that. It was, it was, to me, it was very touching. Excellent. So while all that is happening at the same time, thoughts on Brainstorm's trial or the lilac, sorry, the lost light, uh, well, what does it stand for? Uh, Internal Legal Affairs Committee. I enjoy the, the faceplate uh, getting jammed. <laughs> that, was, that was great. I enjoyed it. Uh... I enjoyed, like, uh, if anybody who's built a time machine, please stand up. And, That's what and I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, like, and then Riptide stands up. He's yeah. so great. And it's like, sorry. It's like, wait, what did Riptide think he said? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Oh, time yeah. machine. Like, what? It was so good. I like the somebody messed with Ultra Magnus's name tag or, like, yes, little that was Rodimus. Yep. plate. So that was very good. Altar merch Suna. <laughs> yeah. I do like the kind of like the explanation brainstorm give of like you really judging me based on what somebody some like another me did would and it was like the whole mess, so it's kinda of like didn't happen but it happened. So it's should he shouldn't be judged with that and he should be judged with what he did, yeah. but he didn't really actually do with the whole time trial because he ended up not killing megatron so i think the the whole speech was very good yeah and he refers to that other version of him as the idiot version yeah which is fair all points given yeah uh but it was it was interesting i, I like that they're they're kind of getting things together and not it's not just rodimus saying okay you're good just move on you know kind of thing yes like so. that um like after the speech preceptor gives him like a standing ovation yes yeah preceptor yeah yeah. Yep. There's so the microscope. Good. Microscope. <laughs> hey, he's getting some attention from microscope. So yeah. I think he likes that. <laughs> so this feels like a good moment here. And he doesn't get thrown in jail, but he gets supervision, like constantly supervision now. He's not allowed to be anywhere without someone else there with him. So with that all said and done, let's take a quick ad break. Hey, Computron, what you drinking there? Just some Injex. Swerve said someone at the bar bought me a drink. Nice. I noticed you've been tired lately. Would you be interested in... Nope! Nope, nope. Onyx already gave me some. I don't want any more K-Juice. Not taking any chances. Even if the podcast needs Shanix, we'll find another way. About that. You didn't. You did, didn't you? I bought you that drink and mixed it with K-Juice because I thought you would like it. Get over here, you little scraplet! Purchasing K-Juice, you agree to the following terms and conditions. K-Juice Corp is not responsible for any possible crimson contained inside the juice box or any mischievous gaming plans that may arise after consumption. Other side effects may include mouth moving faster than the brain module, spontaneous outbursts, random blackouts, and other electrical malfunctions. Oh, Primus, help me! And welcome back. So... Let's talk about poor, 
Horror Thunder Clash. Kilo, this is your first time reading. When you were starting this, did you have any theories on why he wasn't doing so well? I know there was mention on him having an old past injury. What are your thoughts of what's going on at this point? Uh, when I first started reading, uh, I thought he was actually offline because he's painted grayed out and they were leaving their innermost energon outside for him. And so he was. I thought he was actually offline already because they, they did mention that he had a, a critical injury to his spark and he was, you know, he was he wasn't going to make it too long. So I was like, OK, he's gone. Uh, and I thought the whole issue was going to be about kind of like in his memory and everybody kind of like coming together to uh, celebrate this Autobot hero. Yeah. And along uh, with that, we get some introduction to some new characters. Computron. Let's start with the first appearance firestar what are your thoughts on firestar because i think they are um smoking gorgeous <laughs> right <laughs> um firestar was probably that's a joke my favorite. Head on fire. yes 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 I, I said oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i got it i got it well it's yeah. for the, the audio audience you know oh, I, not I seen us on youtube too. go ahead computron sorry yeah firestar <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, Firestar is really pretty, uh, gorgeous. Uh, the design is, it really kind of is interesting in the sense, cause you never really ever seen another bot. Yeah. It's very kinda unique. Like, yeah. With an element. And it was interesting when they said her hair used to be blue. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> tell us a little bit about her personality. Cause that, that just tells uh, us. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so Firestar is a very expressive, like very charismatic. Let me extrovert. Extrovert. Yeah. And is like the complete opposite of uh, Nautica in the sense of personalities. There, I'm gonna add that twist to it. Yeah. No, that's a good one. That's a good twist there. Yeah. Uh, I think that pretty much sums it up because we know who Nautica is at this point. But the the next person we get is Velocity. And Kilo, would you like to describe Velocity and tell us a little bit about her? Uh, Velocity is a friend of uh, Firestar. The, she's part of her crew, and she's the medic of the crew. She finally graduated after 10 tries <laughs> of taking the <laughs> exam. Uh, and she, she's pretty cool. She's very uh, knowledgeable. Uh, I really like the design, the the, the color blue and kind of like the manta ray helmet, if you want to call it like that. Uh, it's very unique, so I really I really like it. She's very uh, she's very new to the whole uh, medical aspect, so she kind of like she recently graduated. But other than that, she's she's kind of like very detailed of uh, everything that's kind of like going around her. Yeah, she's kind of at times stands in as our ask questions person, right? It's for the audience's sake. Yeah. So ask questions and then let everyone else kind of the readers know what's going on, which is great. I like it. She's smart. So we get to a point in this comic where we discover uh, through some panicking of Ravage and excellent deductive skills of a few others that personality ticks that's a new one they're kind of scary they almost have a, a, a an og alien vibe you know that um old human movie. movie yeah with the xenomorphs and the, the xenomorphs that's the one and i uh, enjoy when they finally reveal themselves that getaway sass is 
Who's up for a spot of leaving the room? I hear somewhere else is really nice this time of year. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for reasons later down the road, we don't like getaway. (laughs) That was a good one-liner. Two-liner, technically? What are our thoughts on personality tick? I didn't know they were real. Uh, Should we... Are are we safe here at the Swerve? I think between the three of us, we're covered based on the solution that's given in the comics. Okay. Okay. Good. And we'll we'll talk about that here in a second. Yeah, but they're very creepy and they're they're very interesting looking as well because they they look like for for the humans out there uh, they look like barnacles, kind of like like the organic barnacles. Yeah, and you don't you can't see them because they they kind of have like those deflectors, and uh, then and then when they do attack in the comic they kind of become these. Uh, bipedal alien creatures with huge claws, but then you can still see part of the bar- barnacles on them. Uh, so they're they're very 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 creepy. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, they combine together to make like this, you know, beast looking thing. I don't think this one's combined. Well, they uh, merge. Uh, they well, all no, like no, they merge. But it was like no, we've gotten that far. It's the um, in in uh, gosh, what was the comic? Uh, with Bumblebee and uh, Rom versus the Transformers. Oh, the Wraiths? The Wraiths, yeah. right? You know how like the Wraiths kind of can combine a little bit? Yeah, they, At they least when they make the you. giant monster, right? Yeah. They, 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 well, they infected Ultra Magnus in that one, and so it just mutated him. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, these are different. This is a whole different species. Of yeah, but I, 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 can, I can see the kind of like resemblance because they, they do have like the big claws to the Wraiths yeah. and all that. Yeah, I think it was also Alex Milne that designed. Yes. Mm, yes okay. It was also Alex Milne. Absolutely. Wonderful art. What are our thoughts on the ending of the personality ticks, where too much charm kills them and how someone else that's not Nightbeat figured it out because uh, they're less flashy, you know, skater, flex, and bore. <laughs> I, I, I found that so hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, I've never heard of you bots, but... Here you are saving the day. Because <laughs> they're like, how did you get here? I just sent the warning out. And they're like, oh, yeah. I, someone else f- figured out because they didn't want to be a show off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I do like that the way to defeat them is have Rodimus and Megatron into the room. And they just yes. have too much charisma and too much negativity at the same time. And they just go. Burp. Yeah, it's like an overdose, <laughs> right? They OD yeah. on, on personality. <laughs> Well, that's why I kill. I think all all three of us are fine, and we're probably protecting this bar. Yeah. Well, that, well that's good. That's reassuring. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Moving along, Kilo, Computron, what are your thoughts on the Swerve arc? The disappearing, the Earth that's following them, the overall story arc. Like, the, what are your favorites? Because there's so many references. We can go on for on and on. I just want to know what your favorite scenes are from here. I like that they kind of in this this storyline's kind of uh, fragmented. Like they'll throw us right in the middle of it with their hollow avatars, and then they go back and show you how they did that kind of thing. Yeah, oh. yeah. I like that storytelling. Like some of the sitcom setups. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really, I really like the the avatars for everybody. I feel like they're very spot on to each each personality. Like Rodimus has a headband and looks like kind of like Marty McFly with that vest. And everything i thought that was pretty cool and especially megatrons would kind of like look like the evil bad guy 
uh, in, in human comics with the cane and the and the cape and everything. It wasn't a cape. It was kind of like a trench coat. But it, it looks very cool. Yeah. I think one of my favorite scenes is when Rodimus gives everyone a Earth download get, to get caught up on Earth culture. And then someone's reading it out loud and says, um, oh, what does it say? It says, Inception, Double Rainbows, Beliebers, Mansplaining, it's all here. yes from what i understand that's pretty relevant to earth culture you gotta make sure you have your basis always the conversation with inception and mansplaining i feel feel like that's the same thing actually believers (laughs) expired is it expired now Uh, they'll always be believers wow (laughs) i do like the 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 fourth wall break with uh tailgate reading the more than meets the eye comics yeah, uh, so I, I do like that. Where he's like, "Oh, if you skip forward, we're at the now," and it's kind of kind of reminded me of the the Spaceballs movie, uh, yes. where they where they oh. do the rewind, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, "You're in the now, now." That was then, so it was kind of that was pretty funny. <laughs> that's that's entirely accurate. Yeah, that's good. There's a lot of references in yes in this that's one, good. and not to run through it, but if we slow down and just spend time here, we'd be a whole hour just going over this comic so towards the end when they rescue swerve who's pretty much had depression of loneliness don't don't leave your friends out always touch up with them make sure they're okay yes and whatnot ring show them you care also make sure they don't have a bullet in their shoulder such as what swerve had agent 113 there's that number again man this number's on every issue isn't it yes it's, like, it's on purpose. It I, I'm surprised we haven't put a counter for how many times one one thirteen has appeared. Has appeared. Yeah. Oh. oh, don't don't start it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too late. I kind of didn't understand. So, like, in part of this comment, they said, "Well, this bullet's been here for a while. Maybe one one three is dead." And I'm like, "Wait, no, really? Yeah, it's been there a while. Like, if you go." way back i don't even remember which volume it is i think it was oh goodness it was before more than meets the eye he said his shoulder hurt like we were watching it was during the lead up to uh when devoid was around oh wow all the way back there he said his shoulder hurt on the ship Wow. So I, it goes all the way back. Turn uh, the YouTube <laughs> one. I'll I'll throw it up on the YouTube version. I'll, that will tell you exactly which volume it's in. But yeah, it's okay. been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> and like because it was in there so long, it caused a rust infection. Yeah, I thought they were gonna leave it on a cliffhanger because first they you know starts contacting Velocity uh, about the bullet to check on it. And he's like, oh, we're almost out of the signal, so I hope you get this. And I'm like, please don't cut it there. Please don't cut it there. Let them know. Let them know. And then they actually found out. I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he lives through the whole thing, and he creates a drink called Shot in the Arm, which costs, here's this number again, 1.13 Shanix. <laughs> <laughs> it's everywhere. It feels like we're going to beat in the face with that number. This <laughs> That's that's just two counts right there in the same volume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Rodimus has drawn the map to Cybertopia, but co-captain Megatron thinks we should take a much-needed detour instead to visit the Necrobat. Computron, what are your thoughts on this interesting development of Megatron? Yeah, um, it's interesting that he's doing something that's, you know, 
we're obviously seeing a very much wise and empathetic Megatron in this series, right? Kilo, you want to talk a little bit about this? Like, at first he was just like, I, I want to go to Knights of Cybertron and get, get my trial over with. But now he's trying to take his time. Yep. I feel like it's kind of a way for him to still kind of like atone for everything he's done. So, like, he... He did. He wanted to do the trial, but he also said uh, that he wanted to kind of like not be remembered for killing billions of bots, uh, and so he wanted to be remembered for finding them the knights. And so, being here with a necrobot, and you know, this being a place of bots that have been uh, gone, and their spark has you know gone to the after spark, uh, it might have made him kind of like try to find a way to still be remembered even if he finds the Knights of Cybertron still do something else and kind of atone for everything he's done yeah the follow-up question for you Computron we eventually get to the Necro world and tell us a little something that you want to talk about the Necro world that you've been holding on to all the way back since origin. Season, since origin <laughs> first let's tell, tell tell us a little bit if necrobot is real and then tell us your thoughts and about the statues and the flowers and then lead up to that thing about megatron okay i'm gonna make it juicy um so when we arrived to the necro world we're first met with a bunch of statues and when blade's there we, you know we see skids we see b B statue there and um, each statue is just there to uh, essentially represent somebody that's going to die or somebody that has died um, around each of these statues are blue flowers and in these blue flowers uh, is like a light pattern and like it looks like a circuit board but it's like a light pattern and in order for that light pattern to be that bright on these flowers it has to like acquire at least like 12 inner essence of an energon or something yeah 12 12 essence of a spark the spark uh, yes yeah. so uh each flower represents uh one dozen people or person that bots. have been killed by that one dozen bots that have been killed by that person um so with that being said uh, one of the things that i wanted to point out and i've been holding on to this since megatron origins was uh you get to see Megatron's statue uh, and his statue looks like there's just an ocean of these flowers around. Well, um, one of the things I wanted to point out was is in the beginning on the first episode of Swords Bar, we, uh, we see Megatron in the gladiator pit and after his first kill, he takes off his helmet and his helmet, look, uh, his head looks like a flower. So I'm assuming like that kind of signifies his first death. Our first kill, and then next, you know, the last time we see Megatron is currently right now. There's an ocean of flowers. Yeah, and what's interesting is like when we first arrive on the world, there's statues. You can see statues everywhere because there's flowers and there's enough room for more statues to be by. But when you get to Megatron's statue, you don't see another statue at all, even on the horizon. It's like he has his own continent of flowers. His little corner. Yeah, <laughs> big corner, I would say. <laughs> so, Kilo, what are your thoughts on Megatron and his flowers? Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised that there were so many because 
it's a four billion year war so he's probably taken down a lot of bots in his in this you know conflict and i don't want to say rampage but kind of like anybody that got in his way was either put offline or tortured and then put offline so um, i'm not surprised there's this many sparks yeah or energon on his hands it's it's like the humans have like once you get a certain number it's hard to comprehend and see and visualize do you think megatron seeing how many flowers there are helped visualize how many lives he has ended and maybe has had a more an effect on him in this issue uh i i I would like i would like it to be that but i'm not sure if he got the message of what the flowers are because in the when when we get explain what the flowers mean he's already left that area and went to look at his statue uh, with ravage so i wasn't sure if it like if he left as soon as they explained that or he had left before because we do see him talking with ravage like by himself while everybody else is exploring the area so if if it did happen when the flowers got explained, I do hope that you know that the scale of this war and everything he's done will you know give him a new perspective and show him the the like all the bots he's he's killed and maybe will help him change and actually do good. And yeah. uh, if not, then I hopefully somebody else explained it to him when he got to the ship. <laughs> Is there any other things we want to talk about before we move on to Rodstar rating? Yes. All right. Take um, the, the last bit I wanted to point out is kind of like the cliffhanger that it kind of leads you off on, which was there's this mural of not the technically dead, but the missing uh, bots. Nightbeat was one of those people, but on the bottom it also had Minimus Ambus. Dominus. Dominus Ambus. Oh, Dominus. Dominus. Minimus yeah. Dominus. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I found that very interesting because the, the, the Necrobot explains that, uh, you know, all the statues are bots that are, have been put offline or they, they, they might still be online. And then when they do pass, they'll be, you know, marked as offline. But then there's a big slab, which a bunch of names of bots that uh, when the Necrobot arrived, they just couldn't find the body. So they're not sure if they're offline offline or something else happened which is why nightbeat is there because nightbeat uh in the hardhead spotlight that we covered he was killed and then transferred to the dead universe but he's still he's back now so that means when the necrobot showed up his body wasn't there so right and was that the other thing that you wanted to say kilo that was one of them and the other one was i found it very interesting that when they're discussing who agent 113 is uh, it was megatron and uh, magnus Megatron says that uh, it's, he's guessing it's Voss. Uh, and I think Ultra Magnus says that it was a different Voss. It's not the current Voss. So yeah. I, f- I found it very interesting that Megatron kind of like deciphered that very quickly. Like with, without, like he said, does the code name have a significant? And he's like, I'm assuming it's Voss. And I'm like, what? And, and then Magnus is like, you're correct. And I'm like, whoa, that was very quick. How, how did you figure that out? So, yeah. Well, it's th- the messages are encoded through a bullet, right? And yeah. it has to be from like a long distance. And Voss is the only one or any buddy we've seen that turns into a sniper rifle of some kind. 
So I guess that would make sense. He would catch up. And we've seen Megatron use Voss before. So he knows the capabilities and reach and probably is familiar with the ammunition that is used. Yeah, but would you would you use Voss? Because uh, I don't know if Voss can shoot his himself. So is it like is, is it we'll, the? We'll not, we'll not think about the implications of. Because <laughs> I, I wasn't Gosh. sure if it was like if it was like Voss actually shooting himself or somebody holding Voss that shot the bullet or whatever. But I guess we'll find out later. But I, I found that very interesting that Megatron really deciphered it that quickly. With that, what would your Rod Star rating be? Yeah, I'll go first since I feel like that question is directly to me right now. I will give it a five. I really enjoyed all the stories. They did expand new ideas, but brought out some uh, old ones to a close. And I really had fun with each individual story, like new characters closed up, close an arc, and then now they got a new one. New characters got new arcs, uh, and things are about to get spicy because we have the DJD teaming up with the Sasaurus. We have the spy that's in the djd that we need to find out who it is ratchet disappeared and so now we got to find where ratchet is going but i'm very excited in five <laughs> i'll go ahead and go second this this has a lot of good stuff in it like the first one started off with the djd and it's just like the complications with that we have the wonderful payoff with megatron coming almost full circle with um, wanting to know how he's remembered and kind of doing a full 180 on how he wants to take a look on life and is starting to appreciate life itself, if that makes sense. Some of the middle comics almost feel like filler episodes. Like I feel like maybe the Swerve one on purpose is meant to feel like a filler episode because it is a sitcom. So I'm going to give this one a four and a half. But I, I really enjoyed the whole thing. Five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved it too much. I love the trials. I love the metaphor that they added for Megatron's ending, or not the ending, but the ending of this comic. Um, I loved the sitcom, and I love looking at the hollow matters of each and every single one of the guys. It was a good one of those comics that had like you know separate arcs, and wasn't one like super really long arching arc. Yeah. So it's one of my favorites. Uh, this is one that I've been waiting on for a year now. So <laughs> yeah, almost, <laughs> yeah, almost, almost, almost a year. year. Yes. I have one more thing. I really love Nautica in this issue. I forgot to mention her, but she has some pretty cool development uh, with the with the Thunder Clash issue, and uh, made me like her and love her more. Nautica, one hundred percent. But listeners, what did you think of these comics? How many Rod Stars would you give it? Let us know by leaving a comment below. Uh, we don't have any emails today, uh, but if you would like to get in contact with us, you can send us an email at swervebarpodcast at gmail.com. That is S-W-E-R-V-E-S-B-A-R podcast at gmail.com. There should be a little uh, link on the comments below or on screen. There should be a address on there. Are you two ready? For Transformers Punishment. I'm ready. Yes. All right. Additional information for Kilobyte. Do you want to take it away? Uh, yes. I started streaming on Twitch, on the platform known Twitch back on Earth. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Prime. I do tend to stream at 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific time because that's when the signal from Cybertron reaches Earth. 
uh, and I do tend to go on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And right now, I started playing the Transformers Battleground game. Pretty fun, uh, kind of hard uh, at some points because I try to take down everybody. But you can see more when uh, you see me live. Yeah, tune in and and give him a follow. Yes, yes, a follow would be appreciated. If you've enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with your friends and subscribing. If you want to help out the show even further, we have started a Patreon. Details will be below. All of the proceeds will go to supporting the show and keeping the lights on. Of course, we have some tiers that offer other forms of gratitude, such as several 3D files and access to our Discord channel, and you can chat with us live. And as always, we hope you're all staying safe out there and having a good time. Thank you so much for listening. Till all are one. Till all are one. Till all are one. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Swerves Bar Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Swerves Bar. If you are interested in more content, try checking out the spinoff D&D series Transform Rollout. The first season, Rise of the World Killers, is completely out now. Let us tune in for a preview now. I, too, live in a small town. I'm just a lonely girl living in a lonely world. I took the midnight train going anywhere. Uh, Did you see streetlights? That is the intro. (laughs) What about people? No, they're all Decepticons. Whoa. Rude. That escalated quickly. (laughs) You're going to edit that one out, man. This is one of the most entertaining D&D games I've been in in a while. I'm just going to say. <laughs> Fascinating. There's also a YouTube channel with bonus content with a link provided below. And if you are so inclined, you can support us on Patreon where you can get even more bonus content such as several 3D files and access to their Discord. Links will be provided below. And transmission. Transmission.